Welcome to Day 311 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with Katie Kresge and Matt Kresge. We continue uh, through the Gospel of John. And uh, we're in a section where Jesus continues to do the works that the Father has given him to do. But as he does these works, they're, they're open to misunderstanding and they're open to hardness of heart. And the response is, is very mixed. Uh, matter of fact, uh, the crowd's uh, will begin to dissipate you know, before uh, we finish chapter 6. Uh, we'll do the first half of it today. But interestingly enough, John six sixty six says from that time on, many of the crowds uh, left him. And, and the message and the challenge of Christ is, is, is one that goes deep to the heart. And in the same way that it found places in the life of the woman at the well where she was exposed, very often it exposes us and rather than responding to his grace we we respond uh, with hardness of heart so you'll see a lot of that in the chapters you know to come as we uh, continue to read as you also saw yesterday in chapter five so we're going to pick up uh, with a miracle that uh, is in common in all of the gospels this is one of the stories that uh, all four uh, gospels include uh, and they don't always do that so before we uh, before we read chapter six or the first part of chapter six, very long chapter, uh, why don't we offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord? Always realizing we come to Scripture, you know, not simply to uh, check off a box that we've read Scripture or to learn a few Bible facts. Uh, we really come to Scripture in order to hear God's Word through His Spirit as He speaks to us and continues His work in us of bringing us into faith and repentance through Jesus Christ. Uh, so before we read, Katie, you mind lifting us up? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment that you have um, given us. Thank you for your Word. And, and the ways that you have chosen to show us yourself. Um, and we get to see the Father by looking at the Son. And um, so today, as we read these wonderful, um, detailed accounts of what took place in real life, um, they're not just stories on a page, but that they, that they really happen. God, would you give us faith? Um, to believe that you are the same God that, that performed these wonderful miracles and signs um, and that you are continuing to work um, in, in this world today. And um, would you use us, Lord, use us in this world um, as you restore your kingdom, God. Thank you for this moment. And would you, um, as Paul just said, would you use, would your spirit be at work in us as we read your word together? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And what a beautiful thing to remember that um, all the scriptures God breathed and God uses it to build us up so that we'd be equipped, you know, for every good work. But not only is scripture God breathed, but the spirit works in us as we read scripture in order to apply it to our lives. John chapter 6, sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have simply a morsel. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. 
Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down, and about 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and then distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them, and they filled twelve baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is a prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into the boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. But now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had read about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Don't be afraid. And they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but they had gone away alone. And then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boat and they went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me not because you saw signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed a seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may sit and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the men in the wilderness. As is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it's not Moses that has given you bread from heaven, but it is my Father who has given you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And what a unfortunate place to stop but we will stop there uh i'm not sure why we're stopping there but i know that i'm the one who put the stop there so uh, we'll just act like it's a really great place to stop so matt what are some of the things that stand out as you read the passage oh man there's so much i i think these are those passages that because we see them so often in the gospels and they're kind of the the stories that we marvel at that we've just become so accustomed and expect them to happen Mm -hmm. and forget that like i mean I see myself in, in all of the disciples right here where Jesus says, hey, yeah, we got to feed these people. And you're like, okay, logistically, like this isn't going to work. Like, I've seen you do some great things, and I really don't know what you have planned here. You know, But I, I think at times I can read these passages and just forget to marvel at what Jesus is actually doing here mm-hmm. and to what he's pointing towards. You know, that It's not just that we would see the miracle in and of itself, but again, this, other, this display of who he is and what he's come to do to see his heart for people who you know, are, are hungry, who, yeah. who are tired, who are worn out. And uh, again, it makes me think of the words, uh, you know, we don't see it in this text, but where Jesus says, come to me, you know, all you who are, who are weary and tired, and I will give you rest. And, and we see it in just so many different forms where Jesus is the living water. He's the bread of life. Right. He's the one who satisfies. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matthew, Mark, and you know, Luke, uh, you even have a second, you know, feeding of 4,000 people. Mm-hmm. 
And you think by the time you get to the 4,000, the disciples say, okay, we've been here before. We know the right answer (laughs) this time. Lord, here's a couple of pieces of bread. You do what you do. (laughs) Uh, But uh, you have this nice little, you know, saying in the middle of this. He he asked Philip this just to test him. Uh, He already had in mind what he was, you know, what he was going to do. And, and really the test, you know, in, in this place is, are we going to look to our own resources? Or are we going to look to his resources? Mm-hmm. And uh, that doesn't mean that he's always going to miraculously intervene. But, you know, is our first impulse, you know, to depend on him or to look to what we can do and what we can accomplish in our own means? And, of course, you get the answer here. We have, we have you know, the these few scraps, but you know what? What is that going to do? And even if we had, you know, half a year of wages, you know, all we could do is really give you know, people just kind of like that little taste of bread, like we do when we do the Lord's Supper. Yeah. You get that much and no more. You know, just kind of whet your appetite. Yeah. You know, and and, and move on. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Jesus gave thanks, and then of course you have the abundance afterwards as well. Mm-hmm. That uh, his his provision is. Uh, more than adequate, yeah. you know, for us, and, and of course, there's also the deeper thing that John's trying to tell us is the things he gives are deeply satisfying. They're yeah. the water we we drink of and will never come thirsty. And of course, later in this chapter, he's going to talk about the bread we eat and never yeah. and never become hungry. You have to love that line when he does give thanks. He says he distributed, you know, to those as much as they wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that the, the supply of bread never ran dry, you know, it never ran out, mm-hmm. but that he was able to satisfy. I just love the from this passage. Like I was telling our kids this story just cuz they walked in our room as I was reading it and there's I've I've mentioned this before in other recent podcasts but like there's such simplicity to this to this um, account, and I try not to say story because sometimes we take it as a story and as a tale. And but there's such simplicity that our children can and be filled with wonder that they ended up with twelve basketfuls and they started with five loaves, and so they ended up with more leftovers than they even started with, and that is a miracle of God and His grace. But then there's just such richness and complexity in the fact that this just points to the fact that Jesus is the bread of life, that the manna in the wilderness was just pointing towards the bread of life that would come and that would come from heaven um, as a fulfillment of, of what happened in, um, in the wilderness so many years before with Moses. So uh, the, there's just so much there. And of course, we always talk about it and um, we just don't have enough time to talk about it, but it's just so good. And, and the people are picking up on that, you know, in a, in a couple of you know a couple of different directions. Um, but there's you know they saw the sign that Jesus performed, and they said, surely this is a prophet that is to come into the world. And of course, this is the prophet that uh, you know Moses spoke about in Deuteronomy, when the people, you know, the generation that had failed to trust in God's provision and move into the you know promised land had, had passed off the scene, and newer generations coming. Uh, you know, Jesus reminds them to be faithful to the covenant, but not only to be faithful to the covenant, to be faithful to God's word, and that one day uh, that God would send them another prophet like him. And, and as opposed to the way they responded to him with, you know, grumbling and with rejection and with a, a lack of belief, when that prophet comes, they need to believe him. And, of course, you, you have the intermingling of the, the manna and uh, the signs in the wilderness. Yeah. Um, I... 
I had written in my margin um, about Jesus walking on the water that um, Moses, because there is a comparison between <laughs> between Jesus and Moses in this passage, that Moses had, um, you know, used his staff and God had opened the, or opened, parted the waters, I couldn't think of the word, parted the waters for the Israelites to cross through, right? And of course, Jesus, by his power, walks on the water in such a display of his authority that um, that he had, um, that he didn't have to ask the Father to part the waters to walk on it on dry ground, but he could even just walk on the water hmm. on his own. I believe it's in, you know, Job, you know, the questions asked, who is it that strides upon the waves of the sea? Mm-hmm. And, of course, the answer is, you know, uh, the Lord God who, mm-hmm. who created. So you see his you see his power in doing, you know, the exact things that the Old Testament, you know, in song celebrated, you know, the, the Lord doing. You see him, you know, doing, you know, doing physically. And uh, this is, you know, the occasion here is, uh, you know, the story, as it's told here, the thing that he emphasizes more than anything else in this story is once Jesus got in the boat and was calm, they were immediately uh, where they uh, uh, where they intended to go. Mm. And uh, again, one of the psalmists, I believe 170, no, not 170, because 107, because there's not there's 170. Not <laughs> I have a few extra in my Bible. Uh, you know, some, you know, 107 talks about him taking us to safe havens, mm. you know, as well. But uh, the idea is again here are, here are seasoned sailors this is what they do well yeah. you know they navigate the sea mm-hmm. and they have been working you know at, the, at this for, for hours mm-hmm. and then uh, whenever Jesus comes you know through his provision they find themselves you know at their destination again the question is are we going to trust in our own abilities or are we going to trust in, in him and who he is and then you have the back and forth of all these other boats. You see how quickly they yeah. can move from one place to another <laughs> on a good day. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Jesus confronts them and says, you're, you're following me because you like the idea of, you know, bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're not seeing, you know, the much deeper. Well, deeper and I don't have much time left, but how often do I go to him for what he can give me instead of, sorry. I don't know why that struck me so much, but why do I go, or how often do I go to the Lord for what He can give me, what He can, what I can get instead of for Him and for what, who He is? And of course, He provides what I need, and, and usually abundantly so, um, and always abundantly more than I could even imagine because I don't see the big picture, but I so often will just go to Him just for the morsels. Um, but that seemed to me like what I what I need, and and it, what I need is him. So yeah. and that's just deeply convicting to me. No, we do we do you know we do trust you know we do go to him uh, in emergencies for you know small things that, that will not last. And, and of course, you're reminded of you know the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus said, "So I say to you, do not worry about what you'll eat or what you'll drink or what you'll wear." Your father knows that you need him, and people who do not know him run after these things frantically, but seek first his kingdom uh, and his righteousness, mm-hmm. and all these things will be given you as well. It's not that he's not concerned, you know, about food and clothes, 
Uh, and those, you know, the, the, those kinds of things or the other things. Peter says, cast all your cares on him. He cares for you, but he has so much more for us than those. Mm-hmm. And we need to look beyond the needs of the immediate moment to our far deeper needs. And that's where John's been pointing us in, in his yeah. gospel. And you love how he kind of sum- summarized that in verse 28 when they ask him, you know, what, what must we do to do the works God requires? Did we not cover verses 27 we and 28? Oh, but. gosh. But you know, Jesus answers. If the you were work doing a podcast God. on this chapter and you didn't cover those verses, that would be like a major sin, right? <laughs> There's so much good stuff. I feel like tomorrow you're gonna have to back up a couple verses and take the bread of bread of God. You know, but he says the work of God is this: to believe in the one He has sent. You know, and sometimes we can get caught caught up in what does God need us to do or want us to do, mm-hmm. and and forget that the yeah. underlying it all is that we would believe in the one He has sent, and so, in that belief. You know, we live out, we walk in the good works God has prepared for us in advance. Yeah, and this is right there with, you know, Matthew 6. Do not spend your energy on food that, you know, spoils, you know, a really great meal. And it lasts just a few hours and then you're, you're, and then you're hungry again. Mm-hmm. And I said, but uh, spend your energies on, you know, pursuing, uh, you know, pursuing that which endures, which, you know, gives life. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what works with me, what we must do? Believe in me, mm-hmm. trust in me, and, and that's not an absence of works. It just reminds us where those works come from—from from the deep-seated faith we have in Him as He produces His works mm-hmm. in us. Man, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we believe. Help our unbelief. Help us to trust you. To walk in fellowship with you. To receive all all good things from your hand. Um, to rejoice in them. To um, to see them as coming from you. And so, Father, we do look to Jesus and and marvel at who he is and what he's done. Uh, Give us a a greater faith. Uh, Father, help us to believe. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.